0: 17 regular season games. Two weeks of playoff action has led us to this point. Lions versus 49ers. Chiefs versus Ravens. Hayden, it's here. It's beautiful. It's championship weekend.
1: We have two elite quarterbacks on one side and then two of the most well-rounded skill groups that you can kind of put together on the NFC side. And we'll we'll call it the Super Bowl. (laughs) Wow. Wow.
0: Hayden just starts off with the biggest backhanded compliment you can give to the NFC. Um, Okay, as we always do, we will go team by team, player by player, and really matchup by matchup with both of these teams uh, in order of each each offense having the football, and we'll kick things off with Chiefs versus Ravens. 44.5 total in this game. Baltimore at home, favored by 3.5 points. This is 3 o'clock on Sunday. Hayden, in 96 career games, how many do you think that Patrick Mahomes uh, has gone into kickoff being underdogs? Four. Well, that's very low. <laughs> uh, 11. 11 yeah, games so in Patrick Mahomes' career where he has been the underdog. He is actually eight and three in those games. Yeah. We will first, though, kick things on over to the Ravens' end because we know they're projected for a healthy amount of points in this game. When the Ravens have the ball, Hayden, what are you expecting to see from them?
1: A little bit of everything. this is like one of the most unique offenses to talk about. Just for example, last week, they used six different personnel groupings, which meant different types of wide receivers, a fullback, multiple running backs, multiple tight ends. They ran 11 personnel, 19 times, 21 personnel, 18 times, 12 personnel, 11 times, 20 personnel, eight times. They multiple tight end sets, multiple fullback sets. They throw everything at you. They could run the ball with Lamar Jackson. They can run the ball with uh, Justice Hill or Gus Bus. They can also play action you to death. They're good in the screen game. So this offense is basically bulletproof because they can attack you in so many different ways. At the same time, on the Chiefs' defensive side, Steve Spagnuolo also has a bunch of ways to attack you. They'll stay in man coverage. They'll play in two shell. But I think the big thing, what Lamar Jackson has to focus on this week is beating the blitz because yep. Steve Spagnuolo loves to blitz you at elite rates. And Lamar Jackson has been pretty up and down throughout his career against the blitz. And uh Nate Tice from the athletic and Yahoo uh, sports. He noted that when the chiefs do blitz, uh, they lead the league and the percentage of their blitzes still in a too high look, which means that you're still going to have uh defensive deep players. Coverage. Yeah. Deep coverage, but also eyes on the quarterback versus yeah blitzing and man coverage where you're running away from them so they don't get scrambled on against the blitz so that's like the one little wrinkle yeah but it's really hard to prognosticate exactly what the ravens offense is going to do because they can literally do just about everything
0: yeah a few notes there one todd monken is 57 years old as we've talked about and as you're seeing throughout this hiring cycle it's a young man's game at offensive right. coordinator even though at play caller. even though in this game it's todd monken versus andy Reid, and they are absolutely two of the best another note And we will talk about the Ravens defense. They are considered the most multiple defense Mm -hmm. in the league with their looks. It is so cool, as you outlined, that the offense does the exact same thing. Now to that pressure and blitz rate and how it has impacted the Ravens. You only have to go back to last week's game, I think, against the Houston Texans to see. And this is via Gordon McGinnis of PFF. Lamar Jackson, the first half of last week against the Houston Texans. He averaged 3.9 seconds. uh, as time to throw or sack or scramble. 83.3% of his dropbacks was 2.6 seconds or higher time to throw. Right. And that was because he was getting blitzed. He was holding the football and then he was trying to find receivers down the field. I mean, they Texans defense sent six, not five, six or more pass rushers on 11 of his 22 attempts Mm -hmm. last week. Then the second half, as has now been widely reported, even by Lamar Jackson himself, he went to Todd Monkin and said, Okay, stop holding on to the football. I need to stop doing this. Let's get the football quickly in the second half. Two and a half second average time to throw. And then just 36% of his dropbacks were with Mm 2.6 seconds or higher time to throw. So I love that even half to half we get adjustments that they know what they're doing because – many teams throughout the league can't even do that week to week. And we get a kind of quarter to quarter here with the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Yeah. And self-awareness from Lamar on knowing exactly what's going wrong as well. Yeah. The coaching on both sides of offense and defense in this game is phenomenal. It's that two high shell look with the blitz Lamar Jackson on 18 attempts with those two things together, which is what the chiefs I think will do a ton in key situations this game. He has a negative EPA, so it's hard to find negative EPA stuff with Lamar Jackson because he's so uh, damn good, but this is one way that I do think the Chiefs' defense is going to try to figure it out. The other thing with Chiefs' defense, uh, they can really tackle in the secondary. They are so physical out there, so I do think that they'll be able to contain Lamar Jackson a little bit better than what the Texans were able to do uh, last week as well, but there's only so much you can do just because they have so many answers to the test. Um, one note on the the Ravens offense. One of the answers was not Odell Beckham last week, though. He only ran eight routes last week. That was way behind Zay Flowers, who's a full-time player. Rashad Bateman, who's basically a full-time player right now, but Nelson Aguilar was even ahead of Odell Beckham. And I think that this week, one of the answers will be more two tight end sets because they get Mark mm-hmm. Andrews back. You know, they right. are, were already playing Charlie Kohler, their second string tight end for 51% of the snaps.
0: And Ricard... Counts as a fullback in a lot of yes. measuring sticks out there,
1: right? And he's a fullback or a tight end. He can or offensive hell lineman. Yeah, maybe maybe it'll be a future president. The most versatile player yeah. in the NFL at this moment. I love it. and him. arms for 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 days. Truthfully, so um, I, it will be Bateman and Zay plus Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely primarily, um, and not Odell Beckham, which is kind of curious because we thought we were saving him up for the entire season. They gave him that fifteen million dollar contract. Only eight routes last week.
0: Okay. I have a couple of notes here. The chiefs did run the fourth highest percentage of dime snaps in the NFL this season. 23%. I mean, 23% is kind of astronomical when you think mm-hmm. about it. And in those dime looks, you get those two high shells. I do want to point to what Lamar Jackson did against two high looks last week against the Houston Texans. Cause it was a bit of everything. Um, Early on, we got a couple scrambles here, and this is just super decisive, seeing that the middle of the field is wide open, and then just gallops for, you know, a 20-plus yard gain. Later on, we get it once again, decisive, sees the middle of the field open, nearly runs it in for a touchdown, and then Hayden, it doesn't just stop with scrambling. We then also get designed runs out of it, because once you look at the wide receivers in this pattern, it definitely looks like a passing play. But then if you look at the interior pieces, it is almost certainly a quarterback draw on top of it. And then Texans, I mean, throughout the game, you know, they try to change their looks. We get to a true single high look. And then this Ravens offensive line is so dang good. And then the pieces where you get Patrick Card, who can act like a sixth offensive lineman. Sometimes the obviously the running back saying and chip, as Hayden said, you might get Isaiah likely or Charlie Kolar or even Mark Andrews sitting in there because they can switch up their personnel grouping so often. And then that just allows Lamar Jackson to mm-hmm. also stay patient. And when you have a quarterback who, if he sees the middle of the field wide open can run for 20 yards and then also say wildly patient for six yeah. seconds and allow um, Odell Beckham to create separation over the middle of the field or Rashad Bateman to do it too. Like you're in a no win yeah. situation there defensively. And then just finally at this point, Patrick Ricard is here at the end of the offensive line. I mean, this is, I guess, technically 21 personnel since Ricard is treated as a fullback. And then you also have a tight end on the opposite end. But how many fullbacks, tight ends, (laughs) whoever can just sit there and block an edge rusher one on one? And this is just what having a player like this. And we joke about Patrick Ricard, but having a player like this can do to your offense Because you can treat him as a sixth offensive lineman. We've also Mm -hmm. seen him in the flats. We've also seen him in mesh near the goal line. I mean, how Todd Monken has weaponized a 300-pound fullback speaks to, again, how multiple this offense can be.
1: Yeah, truly remarkable stuff. And then even... Looking at the running backs, they're multiple there. What it, what's happened in this last game? It was Justice Hill. He was playing most of the passing down situations. Gus Bus, he was out there for both of the goal line reps. He got stuffed on one. Lamar Jackson had a bootleg rushing touchdown on the other, but we have more confidence. Gus Bus remains the goal line back. And then Dalvin Cook, he played nine snaps. I wouldn't pay attention to most of them. Yeah, eight of them came in garbage time. Uh, and then the other note here in the second half of the game when the Ravens really started to take off on offense. Odell Beckham ran one route in the second half. Nelson Aguilar, he ran 15 routes. So it was almost like a benching of some sort. Who knows about about the personnel? It's an offense that's fairly hard to predict from a week-to-week basis, just because they are multiple. And like you said, these coaching staffs, they're going to be playing this cat-and-mouse game going into halftime. Things will look completely different because on both sides of the ball, when the Ravens have it, uh, it's just going to be a complete coach-off. Totally. Okay. Let's slip on over. When the Chiefs have
0: the football... What do you expect to see? Because at least to me, when I think of kind of the old chiefs, the explosive chiefs, I bet many of you instantly jump onto tons of wide receivers on the field that they spread it out and they try to attack every single blade of grass. But close to 60% of their snaps this past weekend were multiple tight end sets, 12 and 13 personnel. So we talk about adjustments. It certainly feels like the Chiefs understand that, okay, Rasheed Rice is the only wide receiver that we can truly count on. Now, on top of that, you do get one or two splash plays from MVS or Justin Watson in order to win games. But really, where we're at our best now are these multiple tight end sets. It's Travis Kelsey, it's Noah Gray, it's whoever else you want to throw out, the Blake Bell, whoever else, right? Um, And Isaiah Pacheco being a foundation piece. So Hayden, if this powerful Personnel grouping is here to stay for them. Is that enough to beat this Ravens
1: defense? The hard part is the chiefs historically are throwing the ball underneath and kind of over the middle of the field because they don't have the downfield weapons right now. They're 26th in their EPA on these downfield passes. They're attempting those downfield looks 15 plus air yards downfield at the 24th highest rate. It's just not part of the equation. Now where the Ravens are really good on defense is everywhere first of all but they can really tackle over the middle of the field if you haven't heard about their linebackers plus Kyle Hamilton who plays in the box or in the slot for a lot of his reps they're third best protecting the middle part of the field so what the challenge is going to be is either you're going to have to get yards after the catch ability from Rashid Rice and Travis Kelsey against good players at preventing those type of looks or have to throw the ball to the outside real quick though on targets Uh, that aren't over the middle of the field and within 15 air yards. The easy little passes that Patrick Mahomes completely usually hits. He has a 112 passer rating over the middle right there. Everywhere else, downfield to the perimeter, all that stuff, only an 85 uh, passer rating. So that's a big difference here. So you're going to have to try to find some answers. And right now, I'm with you. I think the answer is going to be run the ball and use Noah Noah Gray and more tight ends out there because we can't just trust these wide receivers against this unit
0: you mentioned it. chiefs are actually second in the league this season in yak per reception. And it makes sense. Those passes over the middle of the field to Travis Kelsey, especially to Rishi rice on those drag routes. And then also screens that they do try to run to the outside. I will add the Ravens are fifth best in the league defensively in preventing yards after the catch per reception. So you're going against the strength with the strength Mm -hmm. of your team. And, Again, we talked about how multiple this defense or this offense can be. The defense is the same exact thing, not just in their coverage looks, but also just who was on the field at the yeah. same time, mm-hmm. because they do run that. If you want to call it big nickel, whatever you want to do with, you know, Marcus Williams, Gino stone at the true safety spots, and then Cal Hamilton can go there or Cal Hamilton can work back to one of the true safeties. And you put in, I believe it's Arthur Millette mm-hmm. um, at a true nickel spot. And he was fantastic at blitzing C.J. Stroud last week. So gives you all these different opportunities to cause confusion, create havoc, look at pre-snap and post-snap. I will add that as much as we love C.J. Stroud, he is no comparison to what Patrick Mahomes is in terms of an off-script mover who can diagnose while holding on to the football yeah. to the very last second. Patrick Mahomes is the best in the league at it, even in the Super Bowl. That they lost the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where he was getting pounded into the turf every single snap. He was giving his offense the best chance to succeed by holding on to the last millisecond. He will probably have to do that
1: outline. in this
0: game. And I think the passer ratings that you outline, middle of the field versus out wide, is just down to the personnel groupings. Because mm-hmm. as, as frustrated as I have been with the Kansas City Chiefs all season long, that has not been an indictment on Patrick Mahomes. because. Almost throughout the entire season, he has played at an elite level every single game. It is more that the personnel pieces either look slow at times, tight end, uh, do not hit the same effectiveness as they have in the past. They just aren't in the right place. They aren't doing the right thing. They aren't doing their jobs. And that has impacted them significantly. Now, in the last two games, has it? No. And so in a now four-game stretch, could it run perfectly and pure? Yes, and that is what they are banking on. I just think that they haven't faced a defense like this.
1: They certainly have not. Uh they are getting Kadarius Tony back, <laughs> but potentially if that moves the needle. Or you I can mean, take
0: the Miko Hardman stuff out well, and maybe give it Kadarius Tony, and then we have a whole new way to screw things up.
1: Exactly. It's a, what can go wrong wide receiver rotation, but at least like, like
0: the funniest thing, Hayden, about the Miko Hardman thing is I know everyone can say, oh, they kind of dominated the Bills because they would have been up by even more points if Mikko Harmon didn't fumble on the end zone. Okay, you're also the Kansas City Chiefs that have been this way. And so a mistake like that is not surprising because this is who you are.
1: It is. But what's so crazy about that, and this is just Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs throughout his career – I mean, these are insane EPA numbers. The last two games, 0.37 against the Dolphins, 0.57 against the Buffalo Bills. Just to put this into context, Lamar Jackson had 0.15 EPA per drop back this season. He'll win the MVP off of that. In Patrick Mahomes, 16 games in the playoffs. He's gone above that 13 out of the 16 times. And he's been on absolute heater. So it's been all Patrick Mahomes these last two games buying some time and dumping it off out there. But this is by far his most difficult challenge. So I think this one will be fairly close. I can see this one being a little bit lower scoring, but I think this game is going to be fantastic because of the two quarterbacks and the two defenses and basically the defensive play callers on top of this. So I think this can be like 1721 kind of in that range. I'm not really expecting the 35-31 fireworks show, but I think this is going to be one of the best games of the entire season no doubt about it
0: i want to reiterate isaiah pacheco's name because i think he is incredibly important on top of that joe tooney is playing with a peck strain um if i can just even plays if he even plays I can just list the Baltimore Ravens defensive lineman. Uh, Michael Pierce is three hundred and fifty pounds and apparently hit fifteen miles per hour while chasing C.J. Stroud to the sideline last week. <laughs> yeah, we know Justin Matabuike has been unbelievable this year and he's yeah. built like a boulder. Travis Jones, massive player, coming out of UConn. Jadavion Clowney, straight line, awesome run defender. So again, a significant strength and what they have to lean into with this team has been running the football just a big question if they can do that once again oh. but because of that hayden if we can build or start building a pick lineup here i think isaiah pacheco at 63 and a half rushing yards this is this higher is what we have to do because of what he's done in recent weeks i mean it's 97 89 130 so i think even in a loss isaiah pacheco can get there for 63 and a half rushing yards
1: i think just it's let Patrick Mahomes breathe, he's going to have to get a bunch of yeah. carries out there because it's it's so much of the pass attempts are just Mahomes' creation. And I think that would get certainly tiresome at some point.
0: So would you rather do the 14 and a half rushing attempts?
1: Um, I think, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty neutral on either one of those. I think the rushing yards is yeah. probably my lean here. Um, uh, the other one that I had in this game that I've played – is uh Odell Beckham. I took his lower on three and a half targets just because he didn't see the field. And I think that's only gonna get worse with Mark Andrews out there. That's not a lot of targets, but I mean it's 20 it, and a half receiving yards as is higher.
0: That is right. nothing.
1: Yeah, but I I want the lower on the targets because he's just he he was on he ran eight routes last week He yeah. basically didn't play in the second half. No. And then um Justin Tucker, the lower on the two and a half extra points. If we, especially in this kind of Pacheco rushing yards one. Um, I think it's going to be a very neutral game, and I can see the, the Ravens scoring 20 or 23 points off a lot of field goals, but not necessarily the touchdown. So I'm just expecting the 17 to 24 kind of range for these two, two teams.
0: I hear what you're saying about Odell being demoted last week. I will add that the narrative that you and I had walking into this playoffs was that they had been saving him because he was playing about 57 percent of snaps every single game harbaugh the coaching staff he himself had kind of said that the entire season Mm -hmm. so i don't know if i want to totally chalk up that you know he's only going to be limited to 15 routes this week
1: all i know is last week in a playoff game it was (laughs) going into halftime it was basically tied i forget the exact score and they said no more odell beckham so that's i don't know
0: Lions versus 49ers. One of my favorite stats every single year, red zone, touchdown, success rate. These are the top two teams in the NFL this season who have actually, Hayden, been even better over their last three games. So for the season, the 49ers and the Lions convert about 67% of the red zone drives into touchdowns. Last three games, the 49ers are up to 70%. Last three games, the Detroit Lions are up to 82%. 51 total in this game. The 49ers, Hayden, are actually favored by 7 points. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in, room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have, and you realize that, The library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free, with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals slash underdog. Or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. When we start with them on offense, what do you expect to see?
1: Seeking the truth never gets
0: old.
1: I just think back to the red zone point, just in general, these are the two teams that could run the ball in a variety different of ways so they can kind of pick their poison in terms of matchups out here. Um, But when I'm looking at the Lions defense, there are some very obvious mismatches against the 49ers. First of all, just using EPA, the Lions are 27th against the pass. They're fourth best against the run. And one of the reasons why they're so good against the run is because they're not afraid, the Lions defense that is, to put more linebackers on the field. One problem. When there's only four DBs on the field, uh, Brandon Ayuk turns into an absolute superstar. And this is just what happens when you have these play-action looks. How many times have we talked about these in-breaking routes over the middle of the field, these post-routes off of play-action where Brock Purdy has an open pocket and just absolutely dialing passes into Brandon Ayuk? He's averaging 4.6 yards per route run against four DB looks. And what I think is going to happen here, Shanahan's going to get Kyle use check on the field, get that second tight end on the field, especially if Debo Samuel isn't going to play and he's going to dare the Lions or the, the, the lions to use a third linebacker out there and then play action them to death. So George Kittle, Brandon, Ayuk are two of the best players in the entire league against play action. The lions are really bad at defending that. And I think this is the exact kind of matchup where I, who I'm typically been a little bit hesitant with Brandon, you crowning him all the way there. I want all the smoke I can get with these Randy Young stuff uh, for this week.
0: I am a bigger fan than Hayden is of Brock Purdy. Um, Brock Purdy played like crap last week. In fact, worse than crap. He was awful. I think you can chalk that up to weather. And I understand that people get so frustrated when hand size is brought up during the NFL combine and draft season. I don't think it's a standard that it impacts everyone equally. Um, who have certain hand sizes because I actually think grip matters and like how they hold the football because you can do it different ways. Uh, I think it was very clear that it impacted Brock Purdy last week. And then that almost indecision of being able to grip the football properly then made him more indecisive and late on some of his throws. With that said, Brock Purdy will not play as poorly as he did last week. I am certain of it. I am certain of it. Now, Debo Samuel playing or not playing is significant here. I think he got in a limited session. Here on Thursday, no matter what, he's going to have to play through pain. And as Hayden says, who knows how much the beaver tranquilizers can actually help him Mm -hmm. with that shoulder issue. But he was going to be massive last week, as Greg Olson suggested. And if that's the case, he can be massive this week, even if he might not be as big of a part of the game plan heading into it. Right. What he brings the table is like simple receptions then turn into explosive plays and game-changing moments. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw it against the Philadelphia Eagles defense where it was a six-yard slant that he just broke one tackle and ran through the middle of the field. You also see these, by the way, the first three snaps, if you go back and watch um, last week, the 49ers did that motion with Christian McCaffrey where it was like a strafe motion and almost put him out to the numbers. And then on the opposite way, they would have Debo Samuel and so it's basically, hey, we got two ball carriers out there. So whichever side we have, the numbers advantage, we're just going right. to pitch it out to that side and win, and we have to catch. And no offense can really have that and bring that to the table when you have two players with the ball in their hands and the entertainment, the electricity that they bring in Debo and CMC.
1: So obviously the, uh, Aiden Hutchinson's like the guy to watch on the Lions defense, but they have a, they have a really – Impactful rookie linebacker who will have to be on his absolute best behavior, talking about those types of looks that you're talking about, just because there's so much misdirection in this offense. You have to find Christian McCaffrey out in space. You're going to have to be worried about the play action over the top because they will throw the ball over the middle of the field. So, to me, this is a lot to ask for for the Lions yes. on the road to go out here and stop this defense, which I or this offense, which I really do think is kind of built to beat this type of Lions defense just because they're play action offense is basically as good as it can be.
0: I think you're going to have to have some random turnovers in your favor if you are the Lions here, like an Aidan Hutchinson tip pass, some type of fumble that, you know, we are not accustomed to here because yeah. if everything the weather cooperates, then how Kyle Shanahan and his play calling cooperates here, um you have to fear Four players with the ball in his hands. Now, even if it's without Debo Samuel, you still have three, and that's better than so many well, other
1: offenses. I think it's Juwan Jennings is, like, decent enough. Just yeah, to, but, I mean, it's not I mean, It's a huge you difference, know? but, like, he's he's an NFL starter in my mind, for sure.
0: Interesting. I, I believe he's a restricted free agent or some type of free agent. What, he, what Juwan Jennings does bring is just total toughness mm-hmm. to a team, and he can fill in with some of that run blocking. I wouldn't be surprised if Debo can't go, if we see some of the screens manufactured to Brandon Ayuk, who mm-hmm. – has always been a yards-after-catch threat. He's just not as much featured in that area as Debo is because, again, Debo is on this roster. Yeah, I mean, I just really love this team. I will be shocked if we see Aiden Hutchinson matching up with Trent Williams often. Right. I think that in order to try to create those turnovers, they will try to force him either against the right tackle or some of the interior looks that we see from Aiden Hutchinson. But at the same time, when you have Trent Williams on your team, you can leave him in isolation. You yep. can leave him in one-on-one and then basically have four other offensive linemen blocking three other rushers.
1: Yep. I, I think the Lions need to get Brock Purdy interceptions here. That's, okay. that's the key.
0: Well, then let's shift on over to what the Lions have to do offensively. And Hayden, if we just go back and look at, where Jared Goff and Ben Johnson attacked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. It is all over the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. They pinpointed spotlighted that part of the defense and said, we are going to win between the numbers. Um, That is going to be much more difficult to do when you're facing off against Fred Warner, when you're facing off against Drake Greenlaw. So what can the Lions do this
1: weekend? Most, Offenses don't have the firepower to keep games against the 49ers close, so typically it's been hard to run on the 49ers, but if you look really into the EPA numbers, the 49ers are fifth best against the pass, they're actually 26th against the run, and they're actually fourth worst in EPA allowed on running back runs right up the middle. So that could be the kind of change up here. And I don't even want to call it a change up with the Lions because they're so used to just running the ball with both Gibbs and David Montgomery. So maybe it's less of these passes over the middle where kind of Fred Warner sits. And maybe they just try to actually sit there and run the ball right up the middle. The problem with that potentially left guard Jonah Jackson, he's out. And Frank Ragnow, he played every single snap last week, but he yeah. got rolled up on really bad on the injury report. It literally says, like, ankle, toe, knee, and shoulder for him. Uh, So it's going to be a tough spot because those are the two interior offensive linemen. But where the 49ers' defense is worse is preventing these downhill runs right up the gut, and we have seen the Lions be able to, to pound that.
0: Interesting. Last week against the Green Bay Packers, we actually saw them struggle on outside runs. These are all pin and pull situations. And for all of you that are unfamiliar with those, it is like in this case, look at Dontavian Wicks in the slot um, on the line of scrimmage. He is basically just going to stand in the way of Nick Bosa. And then we get offensive linemen pulling in the opposite direction. Zach Tom is their most athletic offensive lineman. And so he's the one who was pulling out in space, picking up a linebacker, a corner or safety, whoever, and then continuing it off. And it wasn't just one time. It wasn't just two times. It was three times. And sometimes Chase Young was the guy who gets pinned. Sometimes it's Nick Bosa, who was the dude that gets pinned. And I went back and watched. It wasn't a ton of occasions this year where we can point to the Detroit Lions doing um, a lot of these pin and pull looks. Because as we know that they love to run duo up the middle, they serve bread and butter. Mm-hmm. But when you get Panay out in space, magic I know. A mean, he truly is. Rhino. he's a six foot five, 337 yeah. pound dude who can freaking move. Yeah. And Hayden, as much as you and I love David Montgomery, to me, this has to be a Jameer Gibbs week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we talk about explosives, how they change games, how it's difficult to do that, throwing the football, even though we'll get to Ben Johnson in this passing attack in a moment. Jameer Gibbs and what he is at this moment in comparison to week one, week two, week three, week four. He creates explosives for this team consistently, and you can also rely on him in pass protection. Mm -hmm. So I would almost think of not one A, one B anymore in this backfield. That to me this week, it needs to be Jameer Gibbs as the clear number one. And then Dave Montgomery coming in here in certain
1: situations. Throughout both the playoff games, though, it's been David Montgomery, like 60% of the snaps no. and then Gibbs at like 33% of the snaps somewhere in there. So they still want to rely on David Montgomery. But I, I do agree that Jameer Gibbs is he's improved throughout the entire year. I went back just look at look at those in between the the tackle runs in uh, David Montgomery. His success rate is like 10% higher than Gibbs. But even with that success rate being higher, Gibbs' yards per carry is actually significantly higher than David Montgomery. So it's kind of this yin and yang situation here. It is interesting that the – obviously, LaFleur knows this 49ers roster basically as good as anybody, that they were targeting them on these outside runs. But I do think this Lions offense can do a little bit of everything except – Kind of win on the perimeter that's kind of their one weakness spot though josh reynolds my guy has been uh popping up here and there uh this last week they used some two tight end sets the week before that they were almost exclusively out of 11 personnel so ben johnson will have some answers here it'll be very interesting to see what he dials up i think that this should be a a somewhat running back focused game plan just because i don't think that like josh reynolds and and jmo will be able to like win down the field as much
0: It is shocking to me to see Sam Laporta moving in the way that he is after the sprained knee or sprained MCL that he suffered a few weeks ago. Uh, He is such a pivotal figure in this Lions offense because, you know, this past week in a playoff game, we saw him lining up as the furthest pass catcher out near the numbers frequently. And then everything else that was condensed was inside. How often do you see that for a tight end? And namely, how often do you see that for a rookie tight end in the league, basically being your top outside wide receiver and then just the athleticism, the speed that he brings. Again, we talk about fly motion or speed motion across the league. Tyree kill is the most likely example of that. So often the lion's speed motion guy is Sam LaPorta to get him on the move and get that gravity because safeties and linebackers, whoever just cannot keep up with him. Um, what I love about Ben Johnson, why I think he's one of the best play callers in the league is his play sequencing. Okay. And I just want to show you kind of two plays early on. So here it's shotgun, excuse me, it's under center that we get after a shotgun look out of the huddle. Then we get that furthest outside tight end here, motioning into being an inline player, right? Post snap, excuse me, just before pre-snap, we see I'm on Ross St. Brown motion to the opposite side. This is just a front side run, right? This is the end of the third quarter. It gives the Bucks this look, right? 15 plays later, once again, same shotgun, then shift to under center. Then we get that same motion by Alan Ross, Brown, not front side run this time screen to the other side. So basically Ben Johnson's, and I understand why people get so upset by, you know, early down runs and how they're not the most successful. Okay. Well, a four yard run then sets up a 10 yard pass out of the same exact look and just a little tweak of the end result of it. So the fact that Ben Johnson is already, and he has been for these last two years sequencing these plays, um, shows you just how good he is. And it's going to be very needed against this 49ers defense.
1: Everyone should go watch that scheme episode with Shanahan versus Ben Johnson. Fantastic look at what's going to happen here. Do you have do you have any pick'em leans or any other notes on this?
0: My my only one, and it's obvious based on what we have been saying. And I think again, it's very necessary. Jameer Gibbs just at 47 and a half rushing yards.
1: Yeah, look for the explosive. I, I played higher one, on that. I played one with the David Montgomery. It was at 10 and a half uh, rush attempts, but my favorite one of this game is Jake Moody. And this is so on brand for Kyle Shanahan. Hayden, no. Hayden, we have
0: two games, and you want to have two pick them entries with kickers on it.
1: I'm, to- I'm totally fine with this because I'm, I am I want the lower on Jake Moody, one and a half field goals. This guy has been erratic for most of the season. I'm not sure if Shanahan's going to trust him. And on the flip side, Dan Campbell is as aggressive as it gets. I wonder if Shanahan now will feel the pressure with Dan Campbell being aggressive and will, instead of taking these field goals, try to go for it. Maybe trust his quarterback a little bit more. But I just don't like Jake Moody. I don't like, I feel like they don't trust him. And I feel like this is the type of game where you don't have the option to run out your kicker as often as you typically would because it's time to score some touchdowns.
0: Okay. Well, then we're going to end it with a pick four here. Isaiah Pacheco higher, 63 and a half rushing yards. Jameer Gibbs, oh, you want me to, yeah. Odell Beckham lower on three and a half targets. I don't love that one. Jameer Gibbs higher on 47 and rushing yards. And then Jake Moody lower on one and a half field goals made. He's going to miss one at the buzzer. <laughs> okay, I will play that and I will put it in the description down below so all of you can sweat with us, tail us. And if you've never played Underdog uh, 1, Pick'em Champions just updated. even Huge update. Better, even better features, everything that you have asked for mm-hmm. um, if your state allows for it. And by the way, almost assuredly your state does. We are opening in even more states to go along with it. Um, so go and check go and check out if underdog is available in your state
1: and everyone in here we're all moving to north carolina in well, a couple months
0: because literally one of us is
1: yeah but, but everybody <laughs> that subscribes to the channel will be moving to north carolina because we just announced that uh in a couple months here we will be opening uh the underdog sports book uh behind the scenes look it's so sick so be ready for that um and hopefully more states to come after that yeah i may or may
0: not be uh talking about it quite a bit coming up Good, uh, good, 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 good. March 11th, pretty important date, you know. Okay, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been fantastic. Go and watch that scheme episode again. I did with Colt that arguably the two best play callers in the league, Cal Shannon versus Ben Johnson. Thanks to Weaves. Thanks to Hayden. Thanks to all of you. Hit that subscribe button and the thumbs up up the villa. We will talk to you all soon. See ya.